Welcome back to another week of the AMB Podcast. It's your boy, Young Tamarack. And if you broke this week, you might get fixed. I'm here with some good people because my people are never not good. Let them know what it is there. Yo, what up? It's your boy, Stair, a.k.a. the Finesse Fella, a.k.a. Papa Stair, a.k.a. the big homie by the stairs. As we back, we podding. Let's start getting started. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it started. Yep, and like I said, we're here with some good people because my people are never not good. And we have the super talented, the super amazing <laughs> Dion Khadija in the building. Everybody give it up for Dion. Wow, I'm honored. Um, you guys have such an in-depth intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got you to put your personality into it because if you don't, then, uh, you know, it's just like everybody else doing an intro. So, um, but Dion is somebody who tried to get on the podcast before. Schedules have not uh, always lined up because, I mean, we're yeah. living in a panini right now. Uh, <laughs> so we're just trying to figure it out. Um, but Dion, we're so happy to have you here today and we're going to get into, um, we're going to get into some, some interesting discussions discussion uh, while we have you here today. So uh, without without further ado, let's just kind of jump straight into it. Um, first, how's everybody's week been? I know we usually like to start with uh, the women guests um, and see how they've been. So Dion, what have you been up to as of late? Well, my week went pretty good seeing as though um, I decided to send my daughter back to school, which is actually technically her first time in school um, as a kindergartner. Like in the building? Yeah, in the building. Um, so you can only imagine what that's looked like. But let's just say this mama's still standing. I made it to Saturday. I'm so happy I'm here. Um, it's definitely been a, a journey for the both of us, but definitely better than I anticipated. Um, I feel like the school system, um, their plan that they rolled out for returning back to school, I did feel like you know, it made sense. I was a little hesitant because, of course, kids, they're, uh, you don't know, different homes. I don't know. I, I don't know. Adults even, though, man. Like Exactly. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what I do with my child. But, you know, I was like, I trust God. Um, you know, I want her to get the experience. And let's be real. Like, I really need the mental break. Like, I've been multitasking between doing the virtual school learning and also working at home and trying to get things done. So I was just like, it's not really a right or wrong. It's kind of just like what really works for you in this moment and what do you need? And I just really felt like, you know, she's also a very like socializing child. And I'm like, she needs that interaction. She That's was getting tired of being in here with me. So I'm like, you know, what is really going to just like prompt peace for both of you guys? And I was just like, you know, her being able to break away for a couple of hours to be in school, which technically she's supposed to be right, um, and just right, being right. around other people, her age and stuff like that. And then me just being able to get some work done at home and just other things. I'm like, I, I need the mental mental break. So I have yeah. a question. Yes. Question. So for one, I can see uh, Jeff's elbow in the, the video and see, I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was going to do it. I knew it was going to say, no, I'm joking. <laughs> it's a no, but on a serious note, so like in terms of, um, you know, sending um, your child back to school, I almost said her name. I, didn't, I don't want, I don't want to put her government out there like that. <laughs> no but um, in terms of sending her back to school, do, do you have the option in terms of like, okay, I don't want my child to be in the building. They still can do distance learning. Yep. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. So that's not that's not so yeah. bad. And mm -hmm. I feel like everybody was in, in arms about everybody going back to school, but yeah. you have to have an option. Uh. Yeah, there was an option. And at first I was leaning towards just keeping her at home, especially since we're already about to go into April and the school year is going to be over in June. Mm -hmm. But then they were saying that, well, if she remained virtual, she would have to get a whole new teacher because her teacher is going back into the I school. I'm just like, I don't need any more stress and change right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, 
we're going to keep her with her teacher, especially because we both work well with her teacher. So I was just like, you know, we just be going to go ahead and go back in. But they did tell me that if I change my mind and I don't like it any longer, I can switch mm-hmm. her back to virtual. Okay, lit, lit. Like I said, I thought it was like more of a, an outrage thing because it was like, yeah, your kids, your kids got to be in the classroom. They got to oh, yeah, be no. sitting there. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, listen, I don't, the parents weren't even rocking in general um, when they were having just like a bunch of different meetings and stuff to discuss and determine um, school opening and stuff. So I think they kind of knew we got to go ahead and like take the backseat on this and give an option and whatever works for that person. From the from the education like background and like working in the schools, I've worked with kindergartners who had no home training in trying to do the Zoom thing. So I can only imagine like what you it was crazy. Parent, so it was like, uh. I mean, and can you imagine? Like my daughter and I were like pretty much working in the same space, and I'm like hearing everything going on in her classroom from the kids like interrupting and calling out, and she's getting frustrated because she's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I'm raising my hand, I'm doing the right thing, and people are just blurting out and stuff. Oh, like look that. at your daughter being a nerd. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna call her a nerd. We're gonna. Stay. No, she's studious. She's studious. She's studious. Yes, and she's that's very good. And that's she, very good. She's a follower of rules. Well, at least we're trying to make sure that she. That's does. good. That's right. good. Right. Yeah. A lot of kindergartners that were like, I'm just going to take a nap. I'm not really. Yeah, they were doing that. They were definitely like, like next thing you know, the teacher's like, wait, where did such and such go? And you can see them like curled up. Like, wow. But it's like, can you really blame them? Like, no, you can't. That's, that's a lot of screen time. Like, that's okay. a lot of screen time. And then just thinking like you have to be confined to one space the whole time. Like, even me, like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Right. Like as an adult worker from home, even yeah, you'd be like, like "Man, I gotta move. I can't." Like, yeah, sit in I'd be moving around. I'm like, I'm not doing all of that. So, no, I definitely yeah, feel it. That was my week. Solid, solid, Alistair. How about you, man? How was your week? Uh, my week, my week was actually pretty good. I can't lie, it was different. Uh, it started off a little rocky though, because last week I got like a last minute call from MCPS, and they were like, "Yeah, we finally placed you in a school." And I was like, oh, nice. that means I got to get a haircut. So, <laughs> and I was like, yo, Tata, you got it? Like, you got me? Like, nah, bro, I'm booked. Oh, oh, I thought you were to say he did got you. Damn. <laughs> so I had to, I like, you know, by fate, I had somebody come into Lids and was like, yo, you trying to hook me up with a, like a hat, stitch and all that stuff. So I made it for him. He's like, yo, I'm a barber. You ever need a cut? Oh, wow. Look at that. I was like, you know what? Come up. Sounds like a come up, right? Nah. Nah. Oh, <laughs> like, oh I, is that why you have a hat on? Hat on right now. I'm in my oh. house. I got a hat on right now. So I was like, Yikes. are we going in the wrong direction? <laughs> he nicked me. And oh, I said, bro. Like, I'm so and sorry, bro. I'm at that age. I'm at that age where, like, I'm holding and fighting with my hairline. Like, you know, I got it. Yikes. Know? Yeah. So why don't you holler at your, your friend? With your, well, your friend with one of the best hairlines you know. Why don't you holler at me? <laughs> like, come on, dog. That's crazy. Anyway, you cut hair? Nah, I just, my barber be holding it down. My barber be holding see, it down. I thought, I thought I had my emergency barber in case Tata was, you know, booked out. You know? Business is booming for Tata, and I'm always happy for him. I'm always checking on him. But, like, Unfortunately, I couldn't get it. Yeah, you got to make sure you got keep a. Hey, Tata, uh, if you hear this episode, you got to make space for Alistair. You got to make space. <laughs> you got to make space for Alistair when you need to cut. All right, man. And, um, and then I started. I started on Monday. I'm working in uh, Edison, so like with all the the trade program kids. Oh, okay, that's cool. Honestly, I've been learning a shitload of stuff, and it's only been a week. Like I'm in the automotive class, and like I I've never like 
been to Edison. I never took the tour of Edison. So like when I'm seeing it and walking in the hallways of the school, I was just like, wow. This yeah, is money. I've always heard of it, but I've never been there either. No, and I've never even like even like, thought to be like, county. "Yo, I should go take a class at Edison," or I should. I was too wrapped up in like as a high school, but like, of oh, course, friends. I don't yeah. want to leave my friends. No, I don't <laughs> exactly. But, but like, all, I'm talking to the teachers, and they're like, "Yeah, these kids can leave and go get an entry level position in a garage, or these yeah. kids can leave and go work yeah. in a shop." And I was like. Yeah. No, yeah. And that's something that I think is, uh, and I feel like after I got older, I was just like, man, how come they didn't teach us a bunch of stuff in like school? But like realistically, we had all the opportunity in the world, especially being in Montgomery County. Yeah. Yeah, So there was plenty of programs that were available to us. It's just that um, I think, like you said, you're wrapped up in like the high school, just yada, yada, yada. Um, And I'm a firm believer, right? I'm a firm believer that sometimes, uh, especially with like high schoolers or like middle schoolers, you kind of need that adult to be like, hey, like, you should maybe give this, go give this a try, you know, like, go ahead, you know, it's, you it'll really, be fine. It may be something that bodes well for the future. Were you really listening though? If they were- Honestly, yeah. honestly, for Leave me- all your friends and go to another school and go to- For me, school. for me, if, if I think just because of the way I was, I'm a very coachable person, a very coachable kid. Like if somebody would have approached me and been like, hey, like, give it, like, cause I went to a camp for air traffic controlling, not saying that I ended up doing that, but like, I was open to like trying to go do those things. And so, yeah, realistically, if somebody would have been like, hey, like, you know, maybe go learn some skills about cars. You drive a car anyways, you know, you might as well figure out how to, you know, if something something happens, you know, but that wasn't the case. It was always like, be a doctor, be a lawyer. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. And it was, you will see. And it was kind of like, okay, so I think we're at the age now where we're like, okay, we see and then. We see now, right. Yeah. Damn, I wish I had an exciting week like y'all, but my week was spent. Waiting for that stimulus check to touch down and figuring out how to spend it. And then when it touched down, I didn't spend it because I didn't know how to spend it. And I was just sitting there confused. No, not good job, guys. They're giving out free money. We got to find a way to make the max benefit out of the free money. Free money into like a plan, not just like some sneakers or like. I feel like I've been, you know, you know how like you feel like you've been like uh, disciplined and doing what you're supposed to do. But like you're like, ah, maybe I just want to like deviate slightly from like. Don't do it. From like Don't do from it. that. I mean, I haven't. Then you're gonna look like, back and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I should have kept that money. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to uh to feeling that that feeling of regret of how I should have spent the money. <laughs> I'm looking forward <laughs> to that feeling of regret. I've never heard that before. <laughs> no, nah, but like for real, that that was kind of like the, the the big thing for me this week. I mean, I work from home, so like I'd be in here bored. I got a painting now finally, so there's some I know, I wall. see it. That's, that looks cool. Uh, I'm, I'm nice, a little culture. Nice. I'm a little culture. Shout okay. out to shout out to the homie Gideon. He came through and he and he dropped that off for me. See you um, coming up. Yeah. Other than that, it's just been um, it's just been I've been chilling, man. I'm a plant dad now, so I'll be watching my plants. <laughs> um, you know, just trying to stay hydrated, trying to keep my skin together. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much been it, um, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, number one, definitely trying to trying to get my beard game right. As you can see, if you watch episodes progressively, if you watch progressively, you know what I mean. One of my homies who who will be who will remain un, unnamed right now hooked me up with the secrets. You know what I mean. This must be the know, new so. thing. This is the new thing. No, it's uh, it's slowly, slowly but surely coming along. You know, I'm gonna look like Kofi Sirobi in a couple of weeks. So, you know, <laughs> uh, ladies, if you ain't getting at me now, you say don't holler at me then. You feel me? Wow. But uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much been been what's going on with me, man. Pretty chill. Uh, nothing, nothing too wild. Nothing too hectic. Um. And uh, yeah, just contemplating this whole uh, vaccine thing whenever everybody has the opportunity to take it because outside is opening, so. Yeah, it is. 
Yep. Um, but to, to transition from there, Alistair, uh, can you pose a uh, general question for the group to get the ball rolling, to get the minds thinking? Absolutely. So recently in the news, everybody's favorite choir director, Kirk Franklin, <laughs> was uh, kind of outed by his grown-ass man of a son for being just fed up with his BS and his nonsense. So, like, and in hearing a lot of people look at the topic and talk about it, discuss it, I've seen a lot of different perspectives. Like, the old heads be like, yo, he's just being a good dad. Like, sometimes you got to put the, you got to break your foot off in their ass. And then I've also heard that the the perspective is like, hey, this is an adult. This is someone that he's not supposed to talk to them that way. Like, this is this trauma. Like, so offering the question to you guys, how do you guys feel about it? So to be fair, (laughs) to be fair, I did not listen to the recording. I only went off of the context of the great old Twitter, of course. So I'm like a little, I'm torn on it a little because, so I'm one of those people that's kind of like, no, we do not curse at kids for whatever reason whatsoever. I don't care what the issue is. We one, we lead by example. If we don't want nobody speaking to us like that, we don't speak to other people like that. Um, and then also just given because I'm super big on um, just emotional wellness and things like that, I can't help but to think about how cursing at kids or just even verbal abuse in general is just like seeds planted Um into somebody that can, you know, later on grow into something, spiral into another thing. They go out and start treating other people a certain way because they, you know, feel as though they've been abused or hurt in this type of way. And it's kind of like now they don't know right or right from wrong. Um, At the same time, I do have to say that, okay, it's not like he was talking to a little kid. He kind of was. I didn't know that he was talking to somebody that's 30. I didn't know that. And then two, I don't really know what the relationship or situation is between um, this son and Kirk. Honestly, I didn't even know that Kirk had another son outside of like his actual family and stuff that he posts. And when I gather, he's quiet right now. He may stop, bro. So I mean, like. You know what I mean, yeah. Kurt Franklin. But then you can only think about like how damaging and stuff that is because you kind of feel like you're the stray child and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And like, you know, you're not um, appreciated or even celebrated and so on and so forth. Granted, I don't know the whole story. Right. Um, if, you know, Kirk has probably tried to make an effort and stuff before and it just didn't work or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. But after seeing that this was a grown person, I'm kind of just like, okay, it happens. It kind of sucks that it had to be posted on the internet but then it's kind of like i mean just because it's not on the internet it just still shouldn't be happening either so i'm a little like eh, i don't know i mean there's i just feel like there's probably a better way that the conversation could have happened um but then you know people do get angry they say things they don't mean i believe in giving people grace um i don't feel like we should cancel him we can't cancel him for cursing at his son um Again, I didn't hear the recording, so I don't know really what the conversation consisted of. Like, did he really like go in on him? Like, you're the scum of the earth type of thing, or like conversation and you got frustrated. He like kind of chopped it up, so it was like all we heard was like Kurt flipping out. He was like, "Yo, I've tried to help you, but like 
now I just want to I want to break your fucking neck. Like you're so fucking annoying. I da 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 da. And I was like, damn. Okay. You know. I mean. No, I, I would say, well, for one, uh, off top, if you're on a phone, if you're having a conversation with somebody and it's an issue that you and that person are working out, unless there are legal implications of it and you're trying to like frame somebody or like get somebody to admit something that they like a crime they committed and you're like in cahoots with like the feds, you're a snitch or whatever, like however you want that to go. But like, I can understand you recording that conversation, but if it's me and my father and we're talking, you know what I mean? We're having a conversation. This is between us. This is our life. You know what I mean? I just, I can't fathom pulling out a, a recording device to record that conversation because Agreed. those details are between Agreed. me and that party. I will so, say it definitely looks like clout chasing a little right, bit. Right, right. Like, you know your dad's Kurt Franklin, my G. Like, and you know, and you've probably seen your dad get upset before. So yeah. like to try to put him on front street for that because he has a certain name to him is like, it's, it's, it's just Bama activity in, in, in my eyes. Um, yeah. Now from the perspective of, uh, of Kirk Franklin, like spazzing on his son and Kirkin on him, um, I can, I, I can see it, man. Cause I mean, granted, especially with your son being 33 and like, and like I said, we don't know the full context of him saying, yo, I've tried to help you. I've tried to do X, Y, Z. There are some people who you do try to help, but, but you can lead the horse to water and the horse is not gonna necessarily drink. So right. you, can, you can understand reasonably the level of frustration that Kirk Franklin may have towards, you know, his son <laughs> that may not be, I guess, a part of his original family group, but he's still trying to do things to help his son. Right. Um, and I just, I feel like, I just couldn't see Kurt Franklin trying to steer his son wrong. You know what I mean? Same. Because most mm -hmm. parents aren't trying to steer, I mean, granted, not every parent is perfect, don't get me wrong, but at least based on like the experiences and a lot of the people that I've been raised around and like the friends and family that I have, most of the time when your parents tell you something, they're not telling it to you to harm you, mm -hmm. to, to make you feel bad or, or whatever. It's usually just, Maybe the not the, the message ain't delivered the right way always, but it's just usually it comes from a place of like, hey, like you're my child. I want good things for you. I want the best for you. So like, hey, like, all right, my 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 level's gone up a little bit because I'm frustrated because you're not doing X Y Z, and it's just right. I've laid it out for you. All you have to do is just take these steps. You know what I mean? Right. So I can completely understand. But then also it's that that uh, that mindset that because Kirk Franklin is this you know choir choir man of this gospel man of this Christian man that he cannot do those type of things and he cannot feel those type of emotions, but he's a regular human being like everybody else. So like that happens. Right. And I think that's also kind of what bothers me because even me as a Christian, I don't like the, um, just the negative, the negative connotation, um, that goes around to say like, Oh, well, you're a Christian. How can you do that? It's like, being a Christian literally does not mean that you're perfect. And it's like, I feel like people have to kill that. And it's like, two, I do, blame, I do blame the generation and stuff that comes before us because they do pose as holier than thou. So people, that is why people run away from Christianity because they see it as, oh no, I have to walk this straight line and so on and so forth. When it's just like, mm -hmm. no, that's literally what, that's never what we were asked to do. Like we're literally imperfect and broken people. Only Jesus was perfect. So I feel like, <laughs> so I feel like when you choose Christianity, you're literally saying I'm in pursuit of the perfect one because I'm imperfect. And so I feel like people just, the world, how it's just, been demonstrated and even just taught to us and stuff like that. People feel like, oh, when you're a Christian, you make no mistakes. You should not do this and you should not do that. And it's just like, no, we be struggling too. Like, come on now. We're all humans. This is why grace is needed. No, I'll be honest. I felt that way for the longest time. Cause I mean, growing up in a church that is a, uh, is a, is a, 
it's an African church. I mean, you know what I mean? I feel like we get a lot of fire and brimstone, you know, Christianity in terms of like, hey, like, yo, if you don't do this, like my G, you're not gonna make it. You know what I mean? So like, I'm like seven years old sitting in the sanctuary and they're doing an altar call and then the pastor's like, yo, is your soul safe? Are you gonna go to heaven today? And I'm like, I'm like, yo, I gotta, I gotta get up there. Like, I don't know, I don't know. Exactly, and then you talk about how like, it wasn't even like really explained to us back then to even understand. Right. Like, and I just feel like, sorry, I got to get it out. But I just feel like, especially with African parents, it's just kind of like, oh, if you don't do this, you don't love God. And it just almost makes you feel like you're not good enough. So it will make yeah, you kind of yeah. be like, well, dang, like, what kind of God is that? I don't even want to be a Christian then. Or I don't want to go to church if y'all are going to um, be saying this and judging me for that. Honestly, even my first time enduring church hurt wasn't an African church where I kind of was just like, I'm good off the church for a little bit. God knows my heart. We're going to do our thing back here. Like, I'm good. Um, uh, all right. All big facts. And then, just from my perspective, like, pretty, pretty much piggybacking what both of you guys said, like, the whole fact that he's a grown-ass man and, like, I know, I mean, I don't know Kurt Franklin, but I'm not going to be of the mindset that, like, he didn't try to help him with all his resources and all the exactly. things that he he can bring and be make available to him so it's like i know no matter what the circumstances was like i feel like there's a miscommunication or he didn't feel like he was able to receive the full love from kurt and now he's like oh i'm gonna lash out you i'm gonna get back at you and it's like that's that's fucking crazy like yeah. that's the father at the end of the day you, like you you try to diminish his legacy for a weekend of conversation and clout it's like yeah, I, I, definitely, I think I definitely thought about that, too. And I was like, God knows, like, you know, what type of hurt or resentment he's harboring in, where it's kind of like it's so hard for Kirk to probably work his way back from that, because when a person is guarded, there's only but so much you can do. Like, there's only but so much that they will receive from you, because it's kind of like their own payback time pretty much to prove something or to just make life harder for you because they're just so hurt by, you know, actions and stuff that probably have taken place early on in life. And it's just like, you know, if there's no forgiveness or not even like any willingness, then it's kind of like, it's going to be a toss up. There's, there's no way you can really go from there until you do decide like, okay, this did take place in life. This did hurt me. But I'm going to give this person a chance because they're a human being. And at the end of the day, they're my father. They brought me into this world, you know? So if none of that is taking place, none of that's happening, then it's kind of like they were, they're going to run into this issue and this was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's actually a perfect segue into the the reason why we have you here, uh, Dion. I think that we're living over the past couple of years, I think we're living in a a little bit of uh, an emotional uh, renaissance of sorts, yeah. right? Um, where a lot of people are, you know, really tapping into, you know, who they are, um, why they do the things that they do, why they behave the way they behave. Um, and I think that, you know, I think it's great for one, because I, I just feel like I, we weren't thinking in these ways before. Um, and it's just, it's opened a lot of our minds up to really sit down and think, okay, like, instead of like jumping on a lot of folk for the way they're behaving, you, you're, we're asking questions now, you know what I mean? And trying to get to the root of that. Um, so with that being said, you are the creator of writings from a broken vessel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little bit of background on, on what writings from a broken vessel is? Yes. So writings from a broken vessel 
was pretty much just um, a heart idea that kind of came to me. Um, it's really more so just dedicated to people who I feel, um, you know, have just endured just the bruises of life. Um, but, you know, they want to reshape the things that have hurt them and just, you know, kind of redefine what their truth is. You know, they're committed to inner healing and just, you know, showing the world what it looks like to be gracefully broken. And just in simplest terms, it's just, yes, this has happened in my life, but this is how I'm moving forward. And this has no power over me, you know, yeah, this situation might have hurt me and might have taken away just my dignity or even how I've seen myself once in a point in time. But at the same time, I'm going to own this scenario, the situation that took place. And I'm going to share with the world, you know, what I learned from this experience and just, you know, um, give wisdom and just you know, I feel like turning your pain into purpose. I, I feel like too many times, actually we hear a lot of times how people use art in um, just a lot of different forms of, you know, their passions or whatever. And it's been inspired by pain. Um, and that's literally what writings from a broken vessel is. And I just felt like it was a community that's needed because something that I also found in my own journey is, People don't showcase the healing process. And I feel like we need to see that. Like, I feel like we just see, especially given um, the light in which social media is in right now, we just see everybody doing well. Yep, fixed, complete and whole. Complete and whole. And that's the thing. People don't really be whole. Like, that's just what we're saying. Yeah. Um, and yeah. myself included. I always got to throw myself under the bus. Um but and then I feel like, you know, at times maybe people might just know some other people aren't doing super well, but we don't show what that gray area looks like. And I feel like we need to people need to see that. And then also too, people need to see it because I think a lot of times we're like walking mummies out here. Like people don't even be knowing that something's wrong with them until they probably see the words that describe something that they've went through or that they're going through. And they're kind of like, Oh, that's why I do that. Oh, this makes sense. Cause you know, our generation, we um, tend to cling to the, that's just how I am or, okay, well, you know, whatever, like, I don't care. I'm not tripping, but it's like deep down inside that thing, that situation had more of an effect on you than you really think it did. And, you know, it shows in how we, just how we speak of ourselves, how we speak to other people, how we treat other people, it one way or another, it shows. And that's literally just the purpose of writings from a broken vessel. It's a community for us to heal together, to um, achieve emotional wellness. And it um, even touches on mental health. And then just refine faith, because I feel like God was the biggest key in my healing, and I truly believe that he can be so in other people's lives as well. What was that, that like verse or that Bible story that really like started your process? Do you feel like? <sighs> so there's a couple. Um, for David me, and Goliath. Yeah, there's there's literally a lot. There's a lot. There's always a lot lines, of, <laughs> there's a lot of different things that um speak to me, but. For one, it's um, a story in Genesis um, 
that has to do with Joseph, where he pretty much told his brothers that he was going to be king and he was going to like rule them and control them and stuff like that. His brothers was like, what? Nah. (laughs) And they pretty much just was like, no, we're about to like sell this man. We're about to sell this man to slavery and like get him up out of here. Pretty much. Um, And, you know, he went through all of the things and stuff that he did with that. And he pretty much came back and was just like, you know, you might have done this to hurt me, but regardless, God's going to use it for a purpose. And to me, that's just so powerful because it's kind of like, can you imagine like being sold into slavery or fill in the blanks, however that applies to you? Like, can you imagine just, you know, being physically, verbally hurt in this way, or, um, you know, just being at such a low spot. And can you imagine God still thinking, yeah, that happened. It's cool, but you know, we're going to get through and I got you. And that same exact thing, we're going to use that and go tell the story and bring other people to me as well. Like that's just super powerful to me. Um, so that was one of them. And then, um, Another one is just um, the potter um, talking about just clay in his hand and how it can just be reshaped, reformed in so many different ways and how God can just still shine his light through. Um, And that's super big to me because that's how I feel as though we should all see ourselves as vessels, where it's kind of like, we might break, we might crack a little bit, but that does not mean that we can't be used. It can still, you know, we can be transformed. We can be, we can be (laughs) recreated. um, And it's like, we can still hold so much weight. We can still serve a purpose out here. So just wanting people to really see themselves in that way and not thinking that they're so abandoned or so far damaged that nothing good can come from them. We all have a story that somebody else can connect to. Um, We have a testimony that could be freedom for somebody else. You just don't know. It's all in your perspective of how you look at your situation. Damn. Well, what I will say is I've always been, uh, I've always been a little on the fence uh, on the whole, um, I guess, emotional trauma response and, you know, all those things. Um, but I think that's partially because for the longest time, there was not really a label yep. um, of how to like, okay, I guess, I guess how to label these things. I always was of the mindset of like, okay, you got good days, you got bad days, you know, you work, you work through the, you work through the good days, you work through the bad days. At the end of the day, it's not really all that bad. You just got to make sure that you keep on pushing and you keep on fighting and you do what you got to do to, to make it to the other side. And then uh, also, I mean, everybody has a different situation, but I was always of the mindset of, and maybe, like I said, maybe it's things that have happened to me in my life that have led to me to be in that mindset, but I wasn't thinking in that manner before, but I was always in the mindset of like, man, like if you're in a terrible place, imagine how great your story will be if you find a way Amen. to turn it around and get to a place where, you can, like you said, you could tell people like, man, like I was down bad, bro. Like it wasn't looking good for me, man. But like, I just, you know, I just, I locked in or, or like, I just, you know, I, I got with some folks and they, they really, they, they turned my mood around or whatever the case may be for you to be able to share that with people. And I think that, man, when I hear stories like that, I just be like, man, what am I doing? Like, I'm not on my, like, I'm not on my job. I'm not grinding. I'm not working to help X, Y, Z, but I feel like those type of things are like inspiring. You know what I mean? Seeing people go from like, being in the bottom of the trash bag to being, you know, let's let's put you on the top shelf of the Gucci store. You know what I mean? Like, and not even like, not even monetary wise, I'm just talking about value wise, you know what I mean? Or feeling wise. Yeah. Um, But, 
to to continue from here, um, I, I actually sat in on uh, a bit of an interview you were doing in the past um, for when you did have the launch party from Writings for a Broken Vessel. And one of the questions that was asked to you was, um, it was about, a, I guess, a, a nickname that you used to have previously. Yeah, yes. um, DZ does it. DZ does it. There we go. I knew it was something that does it. But <laughs> can, you talk about how, can you talk about how DZ does it led to you creating, um, you know, this, 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 this space for emotional wellness? Yeah. So let's just say DZ does it was a wild child. She was fun though. She was lit, but (laughs) um, she was a wild child. I mean, she pretty much was just like living her best life on the edge of life. (laughs) Um, And, but what I realized about DZ does it is that she wasn't always in tune or present or even honest with herself. It was kind of just whatever worked at that moment is just like what it was. If we were going to go out and just like get blacked out drunk, that's what she was going to do. If she was going to be kirking on people and cussing them out or whatever the case was, that's what she was going to do. Um, just so like just so much more. And it was just kind of like, but who are you really at core? Like when you come back home, you look yourself in the mirror and you go to sleep. Like, can you say that you know yourself? And what I think I found was that I really didn't. I think I kind of just always coasted through life, just yeah. getting by. Um, I kind of just like always just made sure I blended in wherever I went, whoever I was with. I kind of just did that, but it was like, what is it about yourself that you're really true to and that you own? And I think it was those moments when I really just started having to like look at myself and kind of just ask that where it was just like, okay, you done just went out and did all this party of the um, life of the party and so on and so forth. But are you happy? Like, are you fulfilled? Like, how do you feel? Like, you know, and it's like, there was just still this, <laughs> there was just, I, I could just tell that there was just this, deep sense of emptiness but I didn't really know what I needed either um and I think I kind of just like went through life just trying so many different things and ending up in so many different experiences and situations until I could really figure that out and honestly it wasn't until I ended up getting pregnant where I had to really have a reality check and say like okay this was your way of life for so long and it worked, but now you're about to bring in a whole nother child into this world. Like, I mean, like now you have to fine tune your brain into being a mom. And what the heck is that at the age of 20, 21? Like what? Yeah. Like, hold on. Like, let's take a step back. Things so are about to get real. Yeah. You know? <laughs> turn it off for a second and like just really think about this decision and just like this new phase of life you're entering and honestly even then when my child came into the world I was still doing some fine-tuning because it's kind of like now I'm torn between two worlds like the world that I always knew but it's like I'm being pushed and forced to have to go in this way and I have to grow up a little quicker than other people so that means I also have to let go of certain things and I have to stop making certain decisions because everything I do now is going to affect someone else like you're not just living for yourself anymore yeah, um, yeah. yeah so um, as a dad 
Because I just had my daughter last year. And oh, congrats! Thank you very much. And I like, feel exactly what you're talking about because I was I was hesitant to be like, you know what, I'm gonna embrace this dad life, you know. Man. But because when she, when they're like a newborn, they don't do anything. They don't go anywhere. They just need to be changed. They need to be fed. And they just sit there. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, this is a breeze. I was, like not oh, being smart. present is not being. Like, <laughs> <laughs> going on. I was like, man. People be gassing it. Like, being a dad's not that, but, like, actually, like, putting the work in. And then... It's the work. Not only do I have to put the work in for this this child, but also myself. Because if I'm not the person that she needs to see or grow up to see someone like, like, a man and something like that, it's kind of like, oh, hmm, I need to adjust this. I need to change Yep. Your child literally is the greatest reflection of you because exactly how you treat yourself is going to show in that child. And I really had to think about that. Like, yo, if you're going to keep like just like taking in certain things or feeding yourself certain thoughts or just exposing yourself to certain people and so on such, that's going to be a direct reflection in um, what your child decides to do and how they talk and how they come up. And I'm just like, I know that I kind of just like I had to walk on so many different eggshells and different cracks and things like that. I don't want that for her, you know, so it's kind of like (laughs) so it's kind of like you have to do something different. And honestly, even then, just being honest, I didn't have the language back then that I do now to speak to just um, to wellness and just even who I am as a woman or where I even want to go. So I would definitely say these last six years of my life with her has definitely taught me so much about myself. And it's made me just take take a deeper look into um, how I see myself and how I value myself. So that's pretty much really like kind of what was the sprout of me turning to the direction of wellness, really. But again, like I said, I didn't have the language and stuff back then. I kind of was just like, okay, I know I need to do better. And that's all I know. (laughs) Um, I'll say over the course of these last years, as I've kind of just been stripping myself of certain stuff, I did really develop my relationship with God as well. And he's been revealing a lot of different things to me where it's kind of like, okay, this is how you thought before, but this is how I want you to move. This is how I want you to think. And even outside of this is how I want you to move and how I want you to think. I'm also going to go a step further and everything that you have learned and you have gone through. um, I want you to also give that out to other people. And I'm kind of just like, that's doing too much. Like I'm not even like a people person and stuff like that. Like you don't a lot, (laughs) but what? yes. I don't know, man. You don't even know Alistair and you treated him, you know, like, you got people person skills. I don't know. Anytime I say that, people are like, you, what? Like, yeah, I'm actually very so surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm like an ambivert. So I'm like super introverted at heart, but I do think I'm very kind on like meeting people and like just mm-hmm. having certain conversations. I can do so, but after some time, I'm kind of just like, all right, I got to revert back to my nest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but so, I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of which both of you had to say was uh, was pretty good in terms of like uh, just speaking to experience and like having to go through things to get to the point to realize that, oh, my goodness, what I was what I was doing previously, it, it's not it didn't work. It wasn't the right way to move about it. Um, but a question that I have both of you, since you are both parents, um, is do you feel like 
people were more so preparing you or like providing assistance prior to you getting ready to become a parent or was it more so people like placing fear within you leading up to you getting ready to have your child was it more so like hey man where's your headspace at like how are you feeling about this coming up or was it more so like man like having a kid bro like that shit hard bro like you're gonna be you're gonna be you're not gonna be sleeping you're gonna be doing xyz how do you how do you guys feel like that that happened because you got well for one you're you know you're actually a, a birth giver and you're you know a, a father so like it's you got there's gonna be differences he's a contributor exactly <laughs> <laughs> <Dick>. <laughs> for me, i would definitely say it was more the fear out like it was a lot more of you know how are you gonna do this how are you gonna figure this out how are you gonna provide this and like, so that's why I attributed I, to it. I'm not even gonna lie to you. So yeah, you what? I did not. I said I attributed to it. I did not help. I yeah, definitely yeah. attributed. So I didn't know what to. Do. I didn't know what else to say. So yeah. My first response was, "Oh, this is all I gotta do. This is easy." Like I don't know what they were all talking about. So like, in terms of me having the mindset of the way I was approaching it, I wasn't exactly approaching it with the the next level or the future in sight. So like. So that's why I would say like it was more so fear instead of like encouragement or like, hey, like, you know, just be mindful of this. Look out for this. You know, we got you. Like, we got yeah. you. I'm going to support you. It was more so like, yo, like you, you're really about to have a kid right now. You sure? Like, and I was like, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. So. Yeah. Um, For me, it was a little bit of both. So let's just say my African mother. Mm hmm. Uh-huh. just know my mom is a very like stoic person like you can't really tell much of like what she's feeling or going through but just know when she found out I saw emotions and reactions I've never seen from her in my whole life I was just like oh wait your mouth can say that like I was just like oh okay um so that was definitely a crossroad but we got through it um her and my grandma I'll say they were a lot more fear-based but I guess I can kind of understand a little bit because I am the only child um and so you can only imagine you're the you're the only child and you're a girl so you kind of I knew how to do things, but I kind of have, I kind of like got through life just like winging it for real and just being able to do whatever. So it's kind of like, Most okay, yeah. now that you want to be responsible for somebody else, what are we doing? Like, how are we doing this? Like, what are you going to do? Um, do you even know how to do any, like anything? Um, even though I did have, um, I do have a little cousin, little sister that um, I pretty much did like raise, but it's still like, that's completely different from that being your own child. Right. Um, so, you know, that came with a lot of um, fear-based. I'll say my two best friends who I also ended up making my daughter's godmothers. They at you first- have more were, than one godmother? Yeah. Of course, listen. To me, I don't know. Y'all, y'all cheating. Y'all breaking rules, man. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was me, one I and one. Multiple, I have multiple godparents. I, have I thought multiple it was one and one. Like, I have multiple godparents. But yeah, I really, I had to choose two godparents because just the way that these two people are about me and how I just knew that like they didn't play about me like they would lay their life down for me so I knew that they would do the same for my child if anything happened and even if um something happened between me and them they would always just like make that child my child a priority so I just really saw that about them and I was just like yeah I have to have both of y'all but I'll say that they were kind of just like 
you sure you want to do this? For one, you got to think about it. We're in our 20s. They're kind of like, dang, like my good man about to be down. Like, are you sure? Like, you know. Yeah, we can't. We can't thought it up no more. We can't. We can't get crazy right, in the club. Crazy. Like, what's going on? What you doing? You're rolling in the flow. Right. It's just kind of like, dang, we trade in bottles for bottles. For bottles. Literally. Yeah, literally. So, um, <laughs> at first, they were kind of just like, okay, you sure? But then they were like really, really supportive, um, especially because my pregnancy was horrible. The experience was horrible. I wouldn't wish that on no woman. Um, I was depressed the whole time, honestly. And they really just like, they got me through it. Like, I don't know what I would have done without them. Like, they were just, they were there. Um, So, yeah, I'll say it was a little bit of both. But then at the same time, it was all of my own insecurity because I'm kind of just like, wait, I'm really becoming a woman now. Like, I have to really like figure this out. Like, what am I going to do? so yeah, I'll say that's pretty much what my experience was as far as bringing a child into this world. Shout out to y'all because yeah, man. <laughs> Don't worry, No, I'm. Uh, it's a, it's a turtle race over here. I'm not in no rush. When the time when the time is right, uh, hopefully yeah. I have a little bit Take of control and say okay. over that. Um, and yeah, man, there's 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 no rush. I'm I'm enjoying. Uh, I'm yeah. enjoying living by myself. I just got a painting in my house, and like you know, that's like the highlight of what's that's going your baby. on with me. Yeah, so like, now nah, I'm 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 yeah. on the slow walk tip. But uh, to get back to to the to the blog, Dion. I mean, obviously, you know, you you create you create content. Um, you you know you do you know your your post on your on your timeline. Um, but I feel like one of the big things with your blog, and one thing that would be really effective is you setting up situations where you get to actually touch people and, and speak and have engagements. Um, has COVID had an impact on you being able to, to, to do those type of things and, and expand outside of just being on, on the internet? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say so um, because I do know that my plan for like the first year of my blog, or at least the first couple of months was really kind of wanting to slow walk people through it so that they really understand what we're about and just what the concept is and just kind of introduce them into why this is needed for them. Mm-hmm. Um, my plan, of course, as much as I want to run away from it, it is developing into something bigger where it does become a hands-on case, whether that be, um, you know, doing a retreat or hosting an event um, mm-hmm. with people or whatever that just might look like. And as much as I want to run away from it, because I'm just super like, I'm shy and I'm just like, I don't, I hate public speaking and I don't, okay, let me not say I hate it, but I, that's not my favorite thing to do. Okay. There we go. That's better. I was about to say, come on, man. I feel like if you had to get a crowd of people together real quick, you get, you get them together. You get them I'm together. I'm telling you, what you wouldn't know is my hands would be super sweaty. I would be really jittery. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, Eminem was, was nervous too when he was in eight mile, but he, you know, he got up there and he, he ripped it up. So like, you know, it's fine. That's true. I don't mean, I, I do tend to do my best work when I'm a little nervous and, eh, but. Um, you perform better under pressure, as some would say. Nice plug there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that that's definitely my plan to just um, turn it into something a lot more bigger. And my biggest goal is just impact. That's all. Um, just staying true to the assignment that I feel like God did place on my heart, um, especially since this idea wasn't even me. Like I, it literally came to me in my dream. It was so crazy. Um, and I remember that very next morning waking up and I'm like a broken vessel. I'm like, what? what? And I literally... 
like went to go look it up. And that's when I came across the um, came across um, just like the different meanings or even a verse and stuff like that. And I'm kind of just like, oh, wow, this is me. Like, OK, God, like, are you sure? Um, you know, and I feel like he did kind of just mix that in with my passion of just writing, because just throughout my journey, because I didn't always feel like I could open up about certain things or even even if I could, I just didn't, I wasn't really good at always putting my feelings into words. I could do it on paper. And it was kind of just like, okay, at least I got it out of my system and it's here. Um, if need be, um, you know, I just found that that was something that I truly enjoyed, but then I also found that it was something that I also was, it was like a silent strength. Um, so I kind of just like, okay, well, you know, what if you kind of just start journaling or blogging um, just different experiences? Um, I'm also very, I'm like the encouraging friend. So it's like, it, it's just like mixing all of that together. So it was kind of like, okay, if you just start blogging, you know, just different experiences and how you've kind of overcome them or not even overcome it because some things, let's be honest, I'm still going through. Yeah, so it's like, just, you know, showing what it looks like to be in this, but still trusting God at the same time and just encouraging other people to do the same thing. It's something that's needed. And that's literally how this community literally got formed. And I'm just like, okay, yes. <laughs> uh, so when you were talking about, um, you know, having an impact, now with something like this, especially emotional-based, mental-based, you know, impact, how do you go about measuring that? Is it by the number of people that come up to you and say, hey, Dion, you know, I was here and now I'm here? Or I guess, is it a feeling that you get to know that you're having an impact? How do you go about measuring something like that? I think that's a good question. Because um, it's like, I don't, the thing is, glory isn't for me, glory is for God. So I don't necessarily want to, mm, to, take, the, mm. to take the recognition and be like, oh, Dion, da, da, da. I literally just want to be the vessel that made you decide to pursue healing a little bit deeper and taking your wellness more serious and going after God and seeking him and everything you do just one step closer. That's if I can just be the connector in that way and just lead people back to God while they decide like, okay, I've been here for so long. I think it's time for me to do something different Then I'm okay. And I always tell everybody, even if it's just one person, I'm truly okay with that because at the end of the day, winning somebody over for God, that's, that's all that would literally make me happy because it's like his presence in my life has really just made that much of a difference. And it's just like changed my life for so much better. So it's kind of like, how could I not want to share that with other people? How could I not want the same for other people? So all in all, I mean, I guess me just seeing people deciding to go after wholeness and after their wellness, that is how I would measure it. Nice. Nice. I have a question. Um, yeah. So your cheerleader on the sideline right over there. Um, <laughs> so what, how did you guys uh, meet? How did you guys meet? How did we meet? How do I, you know, I've always thought about how are we going to tell our kids this because it's like a twofold answer. Multiple, by the way, for everybody who's listening, multiple. So there's, there's, there's a lot more loading that'll be coming. So what, six? <laughs> 
Is that what you guys are thinking? I heard the ass too, but I was going. I was going. You said kids, kids, <laughs> kids could be two. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm just hey, I don't, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just checking in. You know, I gotta make sure it's a lot of gifts to buy for birthdays. Too. I don't. I'm not um, running a football team over here. Unless, do you want to babysit? Oh man, I oh, my, oh, I just got okay. the I just got the the the, the, the art. So I'm just working on. It's not hanging right. So I gotta I gotta fix right. that. I'll have more kids if I got more babysitters. But <laughs> but um, how did we meet? Um, okay, so technically, let me tell it. He slid into my DMs. Oh, um, <laughs> exposed, exposed. Go down in the DMs. But he'll say that. Yeah. He'll say that. <laughs> he'll say that. Um, he already was eyeing me from a long time so technically him and my cousin actually already knew each other i just did not know he existed really i was just like my cousin was like oh this boy like we look alike and i'm just like what like who is that uh, okay like what no seriously true story i was just like okay like i don't really care or whatever Until so they do care. no i no i really was like cool and then um you know then he kind of decided to just write me on snapchat snapchat or instagram i don't know it was one of those it was probably both really um and yeah that's kind of how we um how we met it's funny because he thought he was smooth because actually what he wrote me about was my daughter and he uh, there was this like funny video i had posted of her at the time and he was like oh you should send this to um america's funniest home videos i was just like oh okay i didn't think about that and after that he just like wouldn't stop writing me and i'm just kind of like okay damn yo it's making it sound like you a mosquito dog <laughs> no i'm not i mean but you gotta think about it at that time in my life i really was just like it was dz does it you know what i mean I mean, it, we were comfortable well, yeah it was but at the same time um i was going through a breakup and mm. i was just like men do not exist to me you guys are the scum of the earth get out of my face like leave me alone <laughs> so i really had eyes okay. for nobody like I tell you, my plan was I'm going to be single for the rest of my life and nobody better not look at me, don't touch me, no nothing. Um, and here came this persistent guy. I'm just like, why is he so persistent? Does he not understand that I just had a child? That's not even one. And I was just like, okay. Um, okay, like, you know, God, like what's going on here? You know, I did kind of just go through this deep depression and heartbreak like are we really about to do this again like i don't have time for nonsense um and it's so he funny he, he, sent you, he sent you a ganyan prince that's what he did he was listening he was listening. you know it's so funny because as he was trying to pursue me and stuff and i was just like trying to push him away he would always say this don't block your blessing like don't block your blessing and i used to get so mad i'm like who told you <laughs> Yeah, you were a blessing. Like, what? Like, excuse me. You don't even know me and I don't know you. Don't be marking yourself as such. Hey, Jeff better than me, man. After like after like two, three attempts, I would have been like, man, it's just... Nah, he was serious. Yeah. And I remember, like, remember. <laughs> One of my friends was just like, no, like, you know, you just never know. Just like, give him a chance. And blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I don't have time for chances right now. Like, I've given a lot of mm. the wrong chances. I don't have time to get it wrong again. Mm. Um, but... Six years later, here we are. So, yeah. Yeah, we want to bring viewers from the sideline, and like every time y'all y'all do something for each other, 
I'm always like, oh. like, the, like the graduation drive by. Or his yeah. house, like everything. It was cold that day, though. I'm not gonna lie, man. Jeff had us out there in the cold, bro. He's a real one, though. We, we support well, you, Dion, but I was out there, that. man. I was like, I appreciate you. Yeah, cold, bro. I don't know. I don't know, bro. We can celebrate on Zoom. It's like, nah. <laughs> nah, he definitely, he definitely listened. He definitely heard me. I wasn't even expecting that. I was just like, oh, okay. So, hey, Mike, you gotta love it. You gotta love yeah. it. Well, so uh, of course, right now, riding from a ro- uh, from broken uh, riding from a broken vessel is <laughs> is live. Um, it's a website that people can go to, um, yes. and they can see some amazing content, even on your IG. Actually, I, and I've been meaning to ask you do you do you do all that yourself? Is that you are? I do. do you have a team? Wow, it's all me. Even though you'll see a lot of in my captions, I'm saying we, but listen, like. We gotta, in Jesus' name, we pray. Like we will be a larger team. So right now yeah. we moving as a we, but it's really me. Yeah. Um, but I do a lot. Yeah, I do all of my own content. I was like, oh, I'm like low key a graphic designer. I didn't even know I was. Like, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like you have a, your page has a really nice aesthetic to it. Uh, I think yeah, it's I well balanced. It. Um, and yeah, man, I wish I wish I was that type of savvy, honestly. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I, I'm, I definitely. I definitely put a lot of thought and work into that. Um, I'm right now. My biggest thing is trying to remain consistent, but because it is just me and I'm like balancing so many different things at once. Um, I kind of try to plan ahead, but yeah, like I really, again, I want everything that I do to have a long lasting impact. So every thought is carefully thought out every caption any post I write everything is like carefully thought out because I don't ever want to mismanage my platform that I feel like God has blessed me with and I want to make sure that I'm going to really if I'm going to do it I'm going to do it the right way I'm not going to do it because I feel like the algorithm and everyone's producing and posting something and I have to get something out there if I'm not feeling it and God doesn't tell me to move and like I just don't feel the peace in my heart about it it's not going to go up so yeah that's kind of just how I treat my platform that's really my baby um right now I do drop blog posts monthly I also do monthly um journal prompts which you can find on our um yeah on our website and then I tend to feature them on the Instagram page as well I try to do different um you know, engagements on the IG just to kind of get the follower base involved, which that's been a hit, which I'm surprised because those things can be hit or miss. Like you can write in the caption, like, so what are you guys doing today? How is this going? And people just be like, oh my God, this is so cute. And like completely ignore the question. But I've actually found that people really do engage with the content, which makes me really happy. So it just makes me happy to know that, um, again, God is using me and people see it and, you know, they're, they're attaching to it. So. Not for that. Whoa, Dion, <laughs> Brightness from a Broken Vessel, beautiful. We love what we've heard, but I think we need to hear a little bit more about your take on some real world, um, I guess, perspective. So um, I'm gonna open up and I'm gonna ask you a question. Um, so for one, I'm sure, and I really wanna get your, your position on this. I'm sure you, like everyone else, has seen videos of a, of a, of a particular man on the internet um, who is, um, giving people the raw truth 
uh, about themselves and how they view themselves and how they should be viewing themselves. So I'm referring to Kevin Samuels. Yes. Um, and I'm sure you've seen a video. I'm sure you've seen a video from him or two in which he um, he's usually breaking down women, letting them know um, that, hey, you know, you're looking to acquire a man who makes about six figures. Um, but you are a woman who is short, overweight. You don't have a good job. You got multiple kids. How do you feel about his method in terms of providing people uh, with these uh, this insight to let them know that, hey, you need to like, I guess, reassess the things that you're trying to get. My thing that I just think is who sent you? Like, who are you? Oh, he's an agent of chaos, but I mean, either way, he's here though, so. Yeah, but, but who sent you? Because who made you the administrator to tell people about themselves? I don't care if they have 50 kids, if they have one eye, like, you can't tell somebody what they're capable of obtaining or receiving. Like, I don't know. He he's a little off. Like, I won't lie. Like, maybe for the entertainment side, like, yeah, a couple key keys and ha ha's. But like, if you really break down some of the stuff he's saying, I'm kind of just like, this is trash and it makes no sense. And who like who sits you on this throne to be trying to tell people about themselves? Uh, well, he's a self-proclaimed. Um, what is it? Well, not self-proclaimed, but he's a problem. He's a uh, he's an image consultant. I think is is the is the title that he has. So he helps people fix their image in order to achieve a certain result. So I think that from that perspective, he feels like okay, well, if I'm an image consultant, I can consult people on their image and tell people what's wrong with the image or what needs to be changed or what needs to be fixed. I- Granted, there's not like a, a true authority on what makes him like right or correct, but I think when people see that, and I don't know what, what other work he's done, but I think if people see either the result or the reaction that you're getting from something, then they're like, hmm, like, okay, let me like jump into that arena and see what happens if I talk to Kevin Samuels and I feel like I'm a 10 and he's like, well, you're not a 10. Yeah, people, are, and, people are signing up for that treatment, literally. And that, you're right, and that's on them. But literally. me, like, I'm just like, I'm not giving you authority to judge me or think you're going to tell me about myself. Like, just, and then I also feel like that's cool if he's an image consultant, but I feel like he's condescending. Like, no, like, just some of the stuff just sounds arrogant to me. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. What I will say, as somebody who's seen some of the videos, I can see where there are some points that he, he makes, but he always takes it a step too far sometimes Yeah. Um, in terms of like the way he's going about delivering the message. Like, for example, if you want to buy Gucci, if you want to wear Gucci, right, but you don't make Gucci money and you expect somebody to buy you Gucci, well, no, that doesn't work. You need to be able to provide those things for yourself Agreed. in order to be like, to be able to re- request those things out of somebody else. That's something that's a baseline. I think that we all can agree on can no matter, like no matter yeah. what. And granted, there's some people who end up getting Gucci, even though they don't, they're not, they're not able to provide it for themselves, but there's other factors that go into that, that, that lead to those things. But at a core, you should be able to provide what you're requesting. Right. So in that sense, he's correct. But what I, when, when he gets on, he's talking about like women and like their weight and like, they're like uh, all that. I feel like, like people like what they like. So like, it's not really going to matter. You know what I mean? Whether you're seven feet tall, whether you're 4'11", if somebody's attracted to those traits within you, regardless of what their pockets look like, they will be attracted to you. That's like, it's not going to matter. So on that front, eh, like, you know what I mean? I feel them. But to dig deeper into the hole, um, recently, um, like just as recent as like a couple of days ago, 
Um, and I really hate celebrity couples and I, and I'm not really super concerned about them, but there, there was another issue that was underlying within this, uh, this, this breakup. So between Quavo and Sawidi or Sawidi, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I think it's like an Italian name, Sawidi, but, um, (laughs) and I'm not going to take credit for that joke. I got that from Naomi, but, um, (laughs) But so they uh, they essentially had they had they had broken up. But, you know, like we said, social media, you see these people, you see everything looks good. You know, I'm, you know, I guess buying Birkin bags, you know, or like all that type of stuff, all the fancy things. She's getting these gifts. But what it boiled down to at the end of the day was that she was getting these gifts because of Quavo's infidelity. Right. So I saw some people on the timeline saying that, well, if a man is rich, you don't expect him to cheat. And what I will say is for a while, I completely, I I, I was completely sided with that. You know what I mean? I was just like, well, I mean, shit, niggas got money. Niggas going to do whatever they want. Like they're going to move how they want. And like, you just got to be like, you got to just be in lockstep with that or be comfortable with with, with that. But in actuality, no, that's not the case because that's really wrong. You know what I mean? If you decided to commit to somebody, you should be committed to that person. If not, then just don't be committed. You know what I'm saying? But how do you feel about that? Do you think that that is, that is the case? Like if, if somebody is wealthy enough, they'll do whatever they want to do outside of, you know, their relationship. Do I think that's okay? Or do I think like that's true? Do you think it's true? Hmm. I could see so. I could because you got to think about it. I feel like some men have used the fact that they can provide as a form of abuse. And depending on the type of woman you are, if you're a materialistic person or maybe it was just even something you lacked growing up, you might find you might be sufficient in that. Like you might be like, "Well, he does this and that for me" or um, he does give me this, or if I ask him for something, he's able to do so. But I do not think that that's grounds of just accepting and letting somebody do whatever and walk all over you. That's manipulation. Like, that's wild. Um, but these celebrities, they're wild. Like, money is power to them. And it's just kind of like, it, it does give them um, a nice little seat at the top where they can kind of just be like, okay, well, I can do this because this is who I am and this is my name. Um, it's wild, but... That's how they move in. Um, I would say the reason why I don't, I don't think it matters if you're rich or not, because because broke niggas cheat too. So it's just like they do. Like it really like it don't matter, bro. It's just it's about the person. You know what I mean? And like but I don't I don't the, think I don't think cheating I'm not all the time. <laughs> I feel like I feel oh, like cheating at, at times is uh like a deeper issue in terms yeah, of Yeah, definitely. Because it's like you could be like lacking something and you're in a relationship and you're happy in the relationship and then like you're like something oblivious triggers you inside of you and you're like, yo, I'm really down. You get into like a little depression and then before you know it, you're cheating and instead of communicating with your partner, it's like, oh. I've always just found that so interesting though because I definitely agree with the correlation of that. But I'm just, a part of me just still has to wonder, like, how does you being down in depression trigger you? I mean, the ego, the ego is a very powerful thing. And it could, it could convince you to do a Because don't get me wrong, I've seen, I've seen broke people cheat too. I'm kind of just like, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, well, I don't have anything else to do. Like, I might as well get fulfilled in this way. I don't know, I guess. 
I don't know. I'm a firm believer in people should be by themselves until you feel like you want to put in the necessary work to um, to build your uh, relationship. Right. Um, I think a lot of people get into relationships because, well, I mean, it, a you, you like this person. Right. And you probably just don't want nobody else to be with them because you like them, which is which is selfish uh, in that regard. Right. there. Okay. All the time. <laughs> um, and so I feel like a lot of people are selfish in the way that they go about starting a relationship because they're like, I got this person. Nobody else can have them. But at the same time, like, mm, like if I meet like somebody else, like, what's, what's the harm in like, you know, hanging out with so-and-so or like being at so-and-so's house when I'm with somebody. In reality, it's like, okay, on if it was on the other spectrum, most dudes is not going to be happy with their dude, with their girl hanging out, you know what I'm saying, at, at some dude's house. So, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, like I said, I feel like if you're not prepared, because a relationship at the end of the day, and I think we all hate to label it this way, but it's work, bro. Like it requires, it like it requires work. It requires a certain level of sacrifice. And if you can be objective enough to sit there and realize that it requires those things and you're not prepared to provide those things, don't enter a relationship. Yeah. And then, I, oh, yeah, and then I think in a relationship too, you also, like you said, sacrifice, but in to break it down, you really have to be ready to sometimes put yourself second because I think a lot of times people come into relationships wanting to be one up like your partner's not your enemy so therefore if you enter in a, a relationship thinking like oh I want to control this person or I need to be ahead or I need to be over them or they can't tell me what to do like then you have no reason to be in a relationship because that's not how it, how it works at all yeah, no. Um, like you said, you got to put other people first uh, sometimes. And man, I, I like putting myself let's first. Be <laughs> people, people, people aren't ready to do that. So it's nah. like, yeah. So, but it, why do you, but and um, we're we're definitely getting deeper into the into the conversation. But like like I said, from my perspective, it was it's something that's selfish. But why do you feel like people get into relationships when they're not prepared to though? Loneliness. Mm. Just to say, I have somebody. I really realized like from watching people or just like just seeing certain things like out in the world and stuff like that. I think people are afraid of, the, of themselves. That's really what I'm learning. Like even with me, that like is the third bar that Deanna's dropped today for everybody who's listening. So <laughs> even as like, coming soon, <laughs> even as I'm like pursuing wellness and stuff like that, how people don't want to face themselves. They don't want to face their thoughts. They don't want to face those things that they've harbored. So it's kind of like, well, let me just have somebody here to fill this space so I don't have to look at myself. And it's kind of like, if we're going to just keep running from ourselves forever, then it's kind of, you're doomed to already to begin with. It's not always, it's not always the relationship that they run to. It could be the bottle. It could be... Exactly. It could be a whole bunch people of stuff. Have, it's like, uh, people so have different... Hey, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's leave we out, out of this. No, that's real. Like, people have so many different coping mechanisms. Like somebody, it might be, and I hate to, to throw y'all under the bus, but I might be a shoe addict. Um, I want to spend my money on shoes. Like that's a that's a coping mechanism. Like there's just so many different things that people use. What if I just want to buy something for myself nice though, man? You could, but you have to pay attention to people and patterns because patterns will really tell you that there's something connected there. There's something a little bit deeper. And for so long, you on the surface level, you've probably just seen it as, oh, this person just always does this because this is what they like, which that could be true. It, it could be two truths here though. It could be that this is really what they like, but at the same time, there's something that has taken place in their life where they kind of feel like, well, this is how I'm going to deal with it by doing this. Two so. things can be true at once. 
Man, I love that. I, lo- I, lo- I just love that that discussion we had. There were so many beautiful things that were said, so many <laughs> bars dropped. Thank you again, Dion. We appreciate it. I love having a woman's perspective on the podcast because- Oh, oh. I, oh. I got one. I got one. So just, oh. I mean, yeah, go ahead. It's, a, it's a short topic. It's not, it doesn't really got to be that deep. I was just curious to get uh, a woman's perspective on it. Um, so recently in the NBA, Luka Doncic was uh, playing a game and the woman ref was like, she called him for a foul, you know, typical basketball stuff. And then everybody on social media, like, kind of like, you can't see Luca's reaction. But essentially, there was a conversation between them, and he was like, what foul? What foul? And then I guess he smirked at her, and everyone's like, oh, Luca's the man. Like, he's flirting with the refs. That's crazy. But, like, I feel like that's mad I'm professional. Because he's at work, she's at work, and Am I, am I trying to say? No, you're not. Um, I, I can definitely see that. But um, what I will say is it's a little different because it's like entertainment at the same time that we're watching on, on our screen. That's the whole purpose of the NBA. Um, and, but I, if, even if like in like, no, re- realistically, that's, like, that's the whole point. Like one thing that that clip did was it provided more clicks and more views for NBA related content. So at the end of the day, Lucas is doing his job in terms of providing a show for people. Um, now, if the ref felt like something that he said was disrespectful or it wasn't becoming, then yes, I think that it would have been a very, a very severe problem. I just think that because she's a woman, everybody's drumming it up a little bit more that like, okay, Lucas said something flirtatious or something to get her to be like, like, you know what I mean? So, but I mean, if you're in a regular workplace, I worked in a call center and like, man, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that women say to men, like in a sexual manner. And you'd be like, damn, like, okay. Yeah. It just depends. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was going to say, because following that smirk or whatever, like what happened? Did she like say never mind on the foul or something or? No, nah, she just like had like a reaction on her face that was kind of like, boy, if you don't like, you um, know what I mean? Like it just was it was I just, like, mean, a reaction. Some, some men, they, they, they're used to having their way. So they know what to do with women. They know women's uh, soft points. So that that might just be something he's used to where he's kind of like, let me just work this little this thing of mine. Mm. Um I would love to see it so I can kind of obviously like elaborate more. But, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it was, it, 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 it teeters on the line out there only because the NBA is an entertainment industry. That's the only reason I yeah. say that. If it wasn't for that, if it was just like regular, then like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, he kind of like, he didn't need to. It's too much. Yeah. Um, but thank you for that, Alistair. And if you don't mind, Alistair, can you do me another favor? What does that, Bryce? Hold me down with the uh, this or that for this week. Absolutely. My favorite part of the podcast. A whole bunch of questions you guys are not ready for. You have to pick Uh or that. No gray area. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. We're going to start it off real simple, real easy. Which performance was better? Mushu in Mulan or Donkey in Shrek? Mm. Donkey. I, was, I love Mushu. I'm gonna have to say Donkey. I love, I love Mushu though, but yeah, but Donkey I definitely, man. Love me some shark. <laughs> Next question: Culture Two or Fifty Six Nights? Fifty Six Nights. Fifty Six Nights. Fifty Six Nights, bro. Can I do a draw? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you'd like to, but yeah, give me Fifty Six Nights, man. Uh, I'm not sure. 
I need that. I need that. Yeah, pizza toxicity. I might have to do a draw on this one. Okay. Okay. Uh, remember the Titans or Hardball? Ooh. Oh, remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Remember I the like Titans. Hardball though. I love Hardball too. I do, but I just love how remember the Titans. Everybody came together racially. And they was on the field dancing oh, yeah, together, yeah. like man. Remember, remember the Titans, but dang, yeah. Hardball. Dang. Hardball's really good. I just watched it the other day, man, and like it's just the only thing I would say about that movie is the lack of emotion from Keanu Reeves. He's just like <laughs> he's just there, kind of. That's his job, but no, no, I, I know, I know, but and Michael B. Jordan's in that movie, crying, yeah, as usual. So <laughs> what? <laughs> That's when he's at his best. That's when he's at his best as an actor. Is when he oh, when he is wow crying. when he's an underdog. Crying or an underdog. Yep. Other than that, anything else? And eh, I don't want to see it. Wow. I, I feel some hate, but okay. No, I mean, I just don't think he's that, he's that, he's that good of an actor. Like, and like I said, I've watched his career, like since he was on the wire and on the wire, one of the things that he did was he, he, he was crying. He, he was, you know, he was, a, he, and, and he played the role really well. But then when he played the the villain in Black Panther, I was kind of just like, eh, until he got to the end where he was just like, man, throw me off the side of the ship like my ancestors. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's the guy that like, that like plays that part of that role well. But him being villainous, ah, mm, uh, mm, <laughs> not so much. Uh, but I'm sorry, Austin, <laughs> continue, okay. bro. It was bad. I, I appreciate the, the explanation. Um, Hercules or Lion King? Lion King. Lion King. And, no, it's it's a toss up. Don't get me wrong, Alistair. But I mean, when you think about it, like, come on, dude. Lion like, and I'm African. Um, so. <laughs> no, two more questions. Two more questions. HBO Max or Netflix? I don't have HBO Max. I'm not that privileged. So, um, so Netflix is never I never see me wrong. I tell me say Netflix. Like my boyfriend just kind of like put me on or got me hip to HBO Max. But every time I go on there, I'm kind of just like I got money. But see, the thing is, Netflix has always been there for yeah, me. Netflix, you know it's always been the two, two, you know what I'm saying? HBO Max has popped on the scene. I ain't and going even just... Netflix, like their own series or movies and stuff that they produce, like they're really good. They always end terribly. Though. All Netflix shows, all Netflix movies end terribly. Like they do uh... so much Great action or great story. Give me an example really quickly. Just really quickly. Give me an example if you have one. Jingle Jangle. Uh, the movie with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, what was that? Six? I like Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle was a cute little movie. I don't know. I like this. Yeah, I, I feel like it did. It was a cute little movie. movie. I thought it was a great yeah. movie. Impossible, Impossible Squared is me. Or the script yeah. Squared Impossible was yeah. me. I thought that was an amazing message. But... The end was like, but the ending just didn't do it for you, huh? I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go reassess yeah, I was that. Say, I don't know. But I liked it. I liked it. Okay, last, last one. Though. Last question: Burner Boy or Whiskey? Oh, oh Boy. man, I cannot answer this question because at one <laughs> point, no, 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 no. At one point, yes, like I would say, like Burner Boy, but then I had to sit back and really look at it. It's the same anymore. I, well, I mean, I'm thinking about in terms of like the the span of his career and like what he like has like done. Wiz Kid is like, it's Wheezy. Like he's like, it's you know weird. what I mean. But I, I, I guess I, mean, I, I take I take both really. But I, I love Burner Boy. Like I don't know. Well, I listen I like to Burner Boy more. I would say, to be fair, but I can't deny the greatness of Wiz Kid. So. You know, he's definitely. I mean, even my um. My gym playlist actually um, from Pandora and it's WizKid Radio and I just like whatever play, but that's old too. So 
Yeah, that was that was a tough question. You can't you can't put two Africans against each other, especially uh two two Nigerians. Um, I'm gonna vote differently when you post it on the timeline though. But for right now, I'm gonna go with uh, Wizkid. It might change the burner boy when you put when you post it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but thank you, Alistair. Appreciate that. Um, and with that being said, man, that's usually how we get ready to close out the podcast. So Dion, is there anything that you want to leave the people with? If you want to do social media, you want to shout out your folks. Oh, well, what was your name? Dion, <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you know, from? I used to call the radio and do that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely used to call all the time. And then I got on and I was nervous once and I didn't say anything. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's your moment to shine because. Nah, because I came through and I was just like. Radio the time. I was like, uh. <laughs> and everybody be like, oh my God. Come on, man. Can't be dropping the ball. But yes, so my personal IG is it's Dion Khadija. My blog IG is Writings from a Broken Vessel. Our Twitter page is WFABV. And our blog website is www.wfabv.com. But yeah, check us out. Great things in works. Um, we're only growing and getting better. And I just can't wait to see where God takes it. Beautiful. Alistair, is there anything that you want to leave people with before we get up out of here? Absolutely. This week's Stairs to Greatness. I mean, it was kind of mentioned on the episode, but take some time to spend time with yourself. Yes, please. And don't be afraid of yourself. Don't run. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, IG, Stairs to Greatness. Stairs to greatness. Uh, shout outs. I'd like to give a shout out to Kayla. Her birthday's on Sunday, but recording. Oh, oh, this Sunday coming up? Yeah. Oh, happy. I got to hit brunch, bro. Yeah. I mean, she's coming back from Cali. So, yeah. Um, what else? What else? Be on the lookout for Nate's new work coming. I think it's on the 25th, he said. Uh, and I tapped in with King P. He said he's going to drop us some exclusive stuff. So, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Everybody cooking up around us. I love the music. I love the passion of the DMV area, especially MoCo. And I feel like we're on the, I feel like right now we're on the cusp of exploding. I don't know why, but I just. It's close. It is close. It's very close. It's very close. There's a lot of different artists that are popping. Um, Thank you, Alistair. I appreciate it. Well, you can follow me on social media um, at uh, Twitter, Young Tamarack, Y-O-U-N-G-T-A-M-A-R-A-C-K. On Instagram, it's Kofi Bryce, K-O-F-I-B-R-Y-C-E underscore. Um, I have nothing profound to say, but this week, what I do (laughs) want everybody to know is you guys know that Justin LaBoy or Justin L.A. boy guy? (laughs) Let's stop posting his like his memes whatever it is he's the worst the worst wow i thought he was one of y'all he's the worst no 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 no. he literally is is he's an agent of chaos as well no he's gotta go he's gotta go wait wait wait. if we're throwing out hate if we're throwing out hate um everybody who's gassing up the snyder cut no wait did you shift through the whole four hours already i need to be that long no <laughs> no. Okay. It's like no, no way. I haven't seen it yet. I'm a. I don't know. I'm gonna watch it like once or an hour every week or something. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Um. But um. With that being said, we always play music from a local artist on the podcast. Um. And this week, um, I'm gonna play something from a more popular artist. Um. Just to match the vibes of this episode, I'm gonna play "Good Vibes" by Wale. So this Ooh. has been another week of the AMB podcast. We appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, peace. We Bye. Got- Thanks for having me, guys.
And I'm so tired Yeah, all I need is good vibes Shit ain't right on this side Yeah, all my niggas lying And the president be lying I got up in this raw Wanna fly Put this outside in the sky Shit ain't right on this side Yeah, all my niggas dying and the president be lying I got up in this raw when hey, I fly Losing my cool, I'm losing my patience You using your stimulus just to lose it in Vegas I see a lot of APs, I see a lot of Rolexes I'ma buy them off of these niggas right after the demic I can show you a style, I can show you a rapper After all this shit that happened, no, we gotta be brothers Cal Williams said we good and we better than that But we get shot and nothing happens, how we settle for that? You see my culture expensive, that's why they paying it to us It be you Terry Crews, niggas tap dance For that. I never let nobody lesser treat me lesser than them You can't have no Mr. Childs eating Panera Express I'm burning sage in the studio before I let niggas near I leave my weapon by the speaker so they hearing me clear I mean the money be cool, I did amazing this year I mean I'm famous but I'm drained, I need some prayer for real And I'm nigga, so tired, yeah. all I need is good vibes Shit ain't right on this side yeah. All my niggas lying and the president be lying I got up in this raw, wanna fly Put this outside in the sky Shit ain't right on this side Yeah. All my niggas dying and the president be lying I got up in this raw, wanna fly Yeah, you know, slick as Elgato Don't worry about the kicks, nah, Slim, you ain't got those Rest in peace, my some pop smoke I pray you keep some fire and some palo santo The Capitol, the city was made of chocolate. I seen the Capitol building full of a bunch of rioters, losers, and super white people that was getting too rowdy. You do that and you black, they gon' clap you and hug your mommy like. Cool story, whole country been cold blooded. Tell Tammy Lawrence and Kenneth O'Neill it's nothing. And patriotic energy, iffy in 21, cause 2020 showed me my vision was truly blurry. I'm tired. I'm fried, we all need a reset, a kata or nausea, I always been a reject, I always been a lot of things, but none of them a weak link, but everything a lot, I hope you sparkin' when you and sing I'm it so like, tired. yeah, all I need is good vibes, shit ain't right on this side, yeah. all my niggas lying and the president be lying, I got up in this raw, wanna fly, put this outside in the sky, shit ain't right on this side, Yeah. All my niggas dying and the president be lying I got up in this raw, wanna 